0: money fm 89.3 the best of the afternoon update what's trending on money fm 89.3 Good afternoon, you are listening and you are watching the afternoon update on Money FM eighteen nine point three. Hello to everyone tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. It's great to be back with you this Wednesday. Of course, the big news today, the US midterms, and polls started to close in parts of the US today in federal, state, and local elections that could shape the US political landscape for years to come. The midterm elections will determine whether Democrats keep their slim majorities in the House and Senate, or if Republicans will seize control of one or both chambers of legislature. Now, midterms often serve as a verdict on how the president is doing, and the party that holds the White House tends to lose a few seats. That's a worry for President Biden, whose approval rating among voters has been running at less than 50% since August. Hongbin will give us a quick update on the numbers now. So it seems like there's an even split in the Senate with eight seats left. So there's 50 seats up for grabs. And right now, it's 46 Democrats and 46 Republicans. And for the House, there's 157 Democrats and 185 Republicans for the House. So it seems like for the Senate, it's a very, very tight race. Okay, to help us understand some of the key issues this U.S. midterms, we're joined in the studio now by Curtis Chin, who's chair, Milken Institute to Asia Center. Mm you The mm-hmm. Curtis, great to have you in the studio with us today.
1: Great to be back here in Singapore, and uh, what a momentous day. It's still unfolding back in the United States, but so great to be with all of you.
0: It's good to have you with us, Curtis. I mean, we've been interviewing you on uh, my shows for, I think, three years now, and this is the first time I actually get to see you in the studio, finally. Is that right?
1: Uh, I feel I've been in the studio so many times. No, you're me, right. Not Maybe with not with me. you. Okay, um, so but, let's,
0: uh, let's talk about the U.S. midterms then, Curtis. What are some of the key issues that we're seeing being um, discussed discussed in the run-up to today's election
1: well as you noted the the midterms uh, gives a chance for the the voter the average American person to to say how is my president doing right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and how does one decide how you vote you know there are some people that will vote on only just one issue and where the president stands or doesn't stand or does well or not well maybe that will drive a vote but the reality is that I think for most people it's all about their daily lives and that Mm. means inflation are things getting worse under this president uh, it means concerns about crime do i feel less safe under this president so it's that daily life stuff and although you know I, I talk so much about you know us and asia and business in asia and i would love this uh, election to be people are worried about you know asia and the interaction but i would say asia is not a player southeast asia is not a player and any person's probably vote for this like it's all about their daily life and as you noted uh, that some of that data you shared, mm-hmm. people don't think things are going so well uh, in America right now.
0: So recession, uh, inflation. Worries
1: about recession, worry about prices going up, mm-hmm. worries about crime. Yeah. And then also some you know, worried about uh, issues like abortion. You know, uh, Under uh, uh, this past uh, term, really, of this, the Supreme Court, they kind of threw out the what, what is seen in the U.S. as like the federal government decides what is the rules on abortion. It's been thrown back to the states. So it's some states will be very strict, some will be less strict. Um, And some people are really worried about that. And that might drive some votes, too.
0: And we are seeing a Republican shift. Why do you think that is? Well, one,
1: you know, as you noted, it's actually normal that Mm -hmm. if there's a Democratic president, uh, that at least in that first two year kind of referendum on the president, that the incumbent party uh, will lose seats. Okay. Um, So as you look back, even back to, you know, Clinton era and after, I think the only president whose party gained some seats in the the, that first midterms was George W. Bush, and that was really because the country was still united Mm. after uh, the terrible 9/11 attacks on America. You know, in some ways, of course, no one wants another attack, but I think so many of us long for a time when people came together mm-hmm. to move the country forward. Uh, and so I think really it's a, a verdict on how the economy is doing more than anything else right now.
0: And you say come together, but now we're looking at a potential gridlock. What might that mean for businesses? Yeah,
1: you know, it's interesting, you know, in the intro, uh, was, it the, the, when, was it you who said that oh, Republicans are I'm excited about gridlock? I don't know if anyone's really excited about gridlock, uh, but actually businesses – may well be excited that it doesn't seem like there's going to be more big legislation coming down. You know, it is a stereotype, but there was a little bit of truth to some stereotypes. And the stereotypes is that under Republicans, it's more business friendly. Mm. And really what business wants is some certainty. Mm-hmm. So they don't want the uncertainty or tax law is going to change in the next six months. You know, am I going to have to worry about more mandates on me? And in some ways, the business of America is business. So let's see if business can create jobs and give people better lives. And so really, that is the focus, I think, of this election. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it'll play out based on personalities. You know, I thought earlier, when I looked at the numbers, the Republicans only needed to flip five seats from Democrat to Republican, Mm -hmm. to gain the majority in the House of Representatives. And that's, you know, one of the uh, two houses of our uh, Mm -hmm. U.S. Congress. The Senate, they only needed one seat because it's basically tied right now with the vice president voting with the Democratic uh, Party. Um, But will they pull off that one seat? One would think they could. But right now, uh, as noted, it's still neck and neck. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to apply. You know, I don't know if anyone... uh, is listening in America as they should because they should be listening to 89.3 in America. But <laughs> no matter what we say right now, go vote uh, mm-hmm. if you were uh, eligible and registered. And if you're in line, the rule is that if you're in line when the polls close, you're still allowed to vote. So okay. don't let anyone tell you it's too late. Get out mm-hmm. of line. Uh, because for me, I would just hope that everyone uh, is voting, you know, uh, if they made the effort to register. Uh, um, make your voice count.
0: So, Curtis, what are markets and businesses looking out for during the elections?
1: You know, one one will certainly be driven by what industry you're in. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that if I'm in an industry that benefits from government mm-hmm. uh, incentives, uh, driving people like to electric vehicles, you know, yeah. they think, wow, if they can pass some more laws that make everyone buy an electric vehicle, then I'm not so happy that it's less likely that there's more money going to be coming my way. But I say in general, uh, businesses, again, want certainty. Mm -hmm. So whatever sector in they're trying to think through, um, will our new uh, Congress with new members and new committee heads, if the parties uh, uh, change, will they be introducing things that Mm -hmm. make my business better, that make my uh, life better? Mm -hmm. You know, here in Asia, we we talk so much, understandably, about trade. Trade has raised the uh, level of incomes and improved people's lives uh, in Asia, but there's still, you know, uh, a backlash. Mm-hmm. Some people say, "Well, no trade unemploys me, right? That I'm going to lose my job, and those jobs are going to move overseas." So trade hasn't big a bit has not been a big discussion point uh, in this election. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at you know uh, uh, what you buy every day. Uh, in the U.S., you know, everyone d- pretty much drives. So you look at gas prices. You know, has the president been able to reduce gas prices? You know, some say it's out of his hands. Uh, and you look at food prices. Uh, uh, and then you, you mentioned uh, uh, the invasion of Ukraine because mm-hmm. a lot very of much,
0: macroeconomic issues. At it's play. an invasion yep. of
1: Ukraine. Some say, oh, it's not an invasion; it's a mm-hmm. military action. I mean, it's kind of wordplay, but we know Russia has invaded Ukraine, and there've been consequences on us, even here in Asia. Uh, From a supply
0: uh, chain perspective, we're all interlinked and impacted.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So so my hope is that we get through uh, this uh, midterm election, that it's peaceful. Uh, Mm. But then the reality is that well, all of a sudden, we'll be talking next week about the next presidential election. And that's it. And that's it. So that we've
0: got to get to that point. Because what do the midterms mean for the presidential election in 2024? I mean, uh, former President Donald Trump, he's already teased a big announcement on the 15th of November. Absolutely. What are we looking at, Absolutely. Curtis?
1: Well, one, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about the Senate and the House. at the state level, what is Mm -hmm. happening, there's also elections for governors, uh, for members of state legislatures. And why that's important, because they usually set the rules for, you know, an election at that Mm -hmm. state level. So that's going to be kind of an impact on how things uh, play out. Two years from now. But, you know, again, things are just still rolling in, the election results. But one that's been fascinating to look at is what's happened in Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida for many years was thought of as kind of like it goes back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. they call it a purple state, meaning not red for Republican or blues for Democrats, somewhere in between. Um, but what I saw, you know, walking into the studio was that Governor DeSantis landslide victory, including taking uh, big parts of the city, like Miami-Dade uh, County, which has traditionally been more Democratic. So he's gotten a huge victory. Senator Marco Rubio uh, already declared uh, uh, the winner in his reelection effort. Um, And some people are saying he is the key rival Mm. should uh, former President Trump decide to run again. So that gives DeSantis even more of a strong base should he decide uh, to run. And then if you're President Biden, uh, you see what's happening and you're thinking, well, should I just live on my legacy, which is I defeated Donald Trump? No matter what Trump says, I defeated him. And so I'm going to leave. Or is it like, no, I was the only one that could defeat him last time. I'm going to run again. Mm-hmm. So to be interesting, that's going to be what plays out over this. Really, I'd say next year as Democrats and Republicans are jockeying to see, well, if it's not Trump uh, and maybe it won't be Biden, could it be me, that next president?
0: And it's going to be those key issues following through to the presidential elections, as you mentioned, uh, recession, inflation, crime.
1: Absolutely. And uh, for some of the social issues, you know, like Mm -hmm. abortion. Yes. Uh, And so uh, it'll be interesting because then it goes back to the state-by-state level. Mm. And in some states, of course, it's much more important, let's say crime, uh, than in another state, right? Uh, So I was looking at some of the what were seen to be close races, but then they didn't prove so close. You may be as wishful thinking. Some people were saying that, oh, for the first time in a a decade plus, maybe we'll have another New York Republican Mm -hmm. governor because crime is such an issue Mm -hmm. uh, in New York City. But I believe the incumbent governor, she pulled it off. Uh, and she's been reelected. But clearly, all this will continue to play out as people try and jockey. You know, just last week when I was here in Singapore, I saw Nikki Haley was also in Singapore, a, a former Singapore or former South Carolina governor, mm-hmm. former Trump UN ambassador to the UN. And some people said she's running. So we're interested to see how all this works out. Um, and would she be the first Asian American president? Not Kamala Harris, but maybe it's Nikki Haley. Who knows? So it's going to be a fascinating uh, uh, election no matter who's running.
0: That's right. Now let's let's uh, take a step back and talk about why you're here in Singapore today. Um, you're on your way to the G20 and the B20. What are you focused on at yeah, the moment? So, you
1: know, it's part of my role as, I guess, the uh, new chair of the Milk. Stages. Congratulations uh, thank again. Thank you so much. Uh, so yes. honored. And, you know, I think my success is partially been because of Singapore. You know, I love Singapore, you know, because if you think of why is the Milk Institute even here? So this is a nonprofit, nonpartisan think tank that's really about, you know, helping people think through meaningful lives, more prosperous lives. And you do that by, we believe, greater access to health care, greater access to capital greater access to education. And the Singapore government has been such a great partner with us. Uh, we just had, uh, Rachel, you know, we just had Your our Asia first Summit. full-scale yes. Asia Summit after two years. You know, everyone from, like, Henry Golding mm-hmm. and uh, Liv Golding and J.J. Lynn, they were all there as well as the titans of finance, right? Uh, and so uh, we, Milk, and convene a lot of these big events, uh, but also we're involved in much smaller uh, events. And one of them is on the sidelines of the G20, which is this huge gathering of the really the 20 largest economies in the world, uh, in Bali, in Indonesia, and we, the Milken Institute, are hosting a small roundtable on environment, social, and uh, governance standards. So, so sometimes people will hear that buzz. Mm -hmm. not even a word, a buzz abbreviation of ESG, right? All this alphabet soup, COP27, you know, this conference of parties in Egypt. And so it's really trying to bring, again, together people from government, from Mm -hmm. civil society, and from business to think about how do we move things uh, forward. So I'm actually en route uh, to Bali. Um, And then I got to jump right back on a plane to come back to wonderful Singapore, because next week, uh, we have the Bloomberg uh, New Economy Forum here. And
0: And Michael Bloomberg is Going to be in town.
1: Oh, even more interesting. Not that we don't love the mayor, Michael Bloomberg, <laughs> but even more interesting, I saw for the G20 mm-hmm. and the business part is called the B20. The Elon Musk is supposed to speak.
0: Oh, so I'm still trying
1: to figure out. You know, is he just like on a big screen, or I'm sure he's got a jet. Is he jetting in the Bali because uh, <laughs> he's got a lot on it on his hands. Mm-hmm. So, but then I'll fly right out of uh, Singapore because you know the world's eyes are really on Southeast Asia. I'll fly to Bangkok where it is the APEC summit. And that's a Asia Pacific economic cooperation uh, group. And so for me as an American, you know, I feel that uh, President Biden, and this is not a a good thing, um, has like an unforced error is the phrase I'm using, where he is, to his credit, going to Cambodia for the ASEAN summit, then flying on to Bali Mm -hmm. for the big G20 summit. But he's skipping out on the apex summit and i'm like he could stay two more days you know vice president harris will go in his place but you know the optics are if xi jinping is in bangkok if putin is in bangkok if jokowi is in ba- if the leaders of singapore are, why couldn't biden stay two more days mm-hmm. and the official uh, uh, statement is that he wants to go to his granddaughter's wedding which is great put family first but maybe you know government leaders are like well you are president can't you Balance that out. So, you know, the U.S. will be represented, of course, in APEC. Um, But uh, for me, if part of the business story we're always talking about is, are we ceding the region to China? Um, Mm. Well, then get engaged and get involved and have the battle with sometimes showing up. So all that's playing out, I think, in the next 11 days. So the eyes of the world will be on Southeast Asia.
0: Non-stop. Well, Curtis, thank you so much for Uh, taking the time to join us in the studio today. It's always an absolute pleasure to speak with you
1: wonderful to be
0: here. Thank you. We've been speaking with Curtis Chin. He is the chair for the Milken Institute Asia Center. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.